Let's pray. Holy God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your grace. Uh, we thank you that we have assurance of how much you love us, that you didn't just say it, but that you came and you rescued us. Uh, you sent your son in the flesh to live out in this life, to understand what it means to hurt, to suffer, uh, to have bad days, to be sick, uh, and still was obedient in every single way, living out uh, the perfect image of what you were like. Lord, we know that we are weak, and we boast in that weakness because it is not in our uh, own strength that we're saved. It's through your strength. Uh, we, we get to rely on you. We get to humble ourselves before you. We get to celebrate and rejoice in the fact that we have an all-powerful God who has redeemed us in every single way. And so, Lord, let us raise hallelujahs, not just in word and in song, but in the way that we live our lives. Lord, we ask that you would bless uh, all believers, especially here in Kerrville at this time. Lord, we ask that you would give us all unity of the Spirit, understanding that we are all washed in the same blood of Jesus Christ. When we claim you as Lord, when we say we belong to you, when we bow our knee and say Jesus is Lord, we have brotherhood and sisterhood together. And so, Lord, we ask that you would be with other churches this morning, in particular Barnett Chapel and Brother Maurice Washington, who's bringing the word this morning. Lord, give him powerful words to say. Uh, work through his words, Holy Spirit, to uh, draw people closer to you. And, Lord, let all believers here in this town be great witnesses uh, of what it means to be saved, to be redeemed, and to have your mercy. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray all of this. And the church said, Amen. Well, it's good to be with you this morning. I'm excited. We're going to get to spend some time uh, talking to some of our missionaries here for a little bit. But uh, before we do that, I want to set you back up on what we've been doing for a while as a church, and especially if you're new with us today. If you're new with us, it's going to be a little bit different, but we're excited that you're going to get to see something a little bit different. Uh, we want to welcome you into this conversation that we're having. Uh, the longer conversation that we're having is seeking his way. This is us as a church going, we want to find out what it means for us to be the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus in this town and in this place. Lots of churches, all churches that claim Christ are trying to figure that out. Ours is a little bit different because we're here and God's given us specific gifts and he's given us specific callings. And so what we want to do is we want to be asking the Lord to guide us in that. And it is not our way, it is his way that we desire. And that takes us putting aside our own preferences and that takes us putting aside our own fears and that takes us putting aside our own ideas and really listening to what God's called us to do. Well, with that, we've been spending some time in the books of the book of Acts this year, and the book of Acts is the first church trying to figure out what does it mean to be God's church? I mean, we saw Jesus, we saw the resurrected Christ, and then he ascends, and then he says, now I, want, I have this assignment for you, and they're trying to figure out, what, how do we do this? What does this look like? And we're going to be able to learn so much through that, while at the same time understanding we have the same call. So we've been in Acts 1-8, if you guys would put that up. We've been in Acts 1-8 through the last few weeks. The first week we did Jerusalem and Judea and talked about how Jesus called us and said, here's the thing, I want you to start where you are. Start in your sphere of influence. Start with the people that you know. You need to be able to share that message. You're going to be my witness to the people that are around you, that you work with, that are in your neighborhood, that you uh, go on jogs with, that you do uh, shopping together with, whatever it is, I want you to start there. And then last week we talked about Samaria. And in particular, we looked at the idea that Samaria is not so much a physical destination as much as it is, is it's a kind of people. It's the one that you go, this one's hard. Jesus said, I want you to go to this place. And he didn't mention all these other places around. Samaria means we're going to have to cross some borders that are going to be hard. 
If we want to reach the people that Jesus desperately wants, we're going to have to cross some borders into some areas and to find some folks that maybe have been left out, some folks that maybe unexpectedly God is working through that we can draw to us and be witnesses there. And then this week, which works out perfectly because the dies are here, is that we're going to be talking about how he calls us to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Not saying Brazil is the end of the earth, but it's a long way from here, right? It's a little further away than Fredericksburg, and it's, it's a ways. And one of the things that we want to do is we want to remember this call that we have here to be witnesses witnesses. And the fact that he says witness is something different. He says, look, here's the deal. You've encountered the resurrected resurrected Jesus. We have too. For those of us that that have been redeemed and been reborn by Christ, we have seen the resurrected Christ. He has changed us. We are different. We've been regenerated. We have a new life. And then he says, now you're going to have the Holy Spirit. So that's going to empower you. You have everything you need to go and be my witnesses. You have a changed life, and you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I want you to go. And this dovetails right in, and we've mentioned this one every week too, with the Great Commission that we talk about in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You put those two things together, and it's quite an assignment that we've been given. And it's not something that's a suggestion. It's really him building on who we're supposed to be. And when you look at both of those together, it's like, here's this big assignment, and here's how I want you to start it, and here's how I want it to spread, and this is my plan, and this is how I'm going to work through my people. And it's all this language that he includes, this very inclusive package. This is a very, it's all uh, access inclusive package that's on there, right? He gives this to everybody. It's not just he said, hey, I want you to go and be my witnesses, and I want you to go spread the gospel, Peter and Andrew and James. This is our call. All my disciples are being called to go be witnesses, all of them. And then you start looking at the language that's used both in Acts and in Matthew, because he talks about all places. He says, to the ends of the earth. That means I want it to go to all places. There's not a place that's left out. And then when he talks about all nations, you need to know that means all different types of people. So all people. All my disciples go into all the places to reach all the people. Nobody's left out. There's not anywhere this doesn't reach. There's nobody that I don't want to know about this new kingdom. And so I want it to go everywhere. And so we are a people who are sent. We are sent into our world wherever we are to bear witness to the fact that we are not what we used to be. We are now changed We're new people and we're new creations. And there is hope and there is joy and there is good news in belonging to Christ. Now with that, we're not just people who are sent. We also get to send. That's one of the things that's neat about us is we we don't all go to Brazil. We get to send some people. We get to take some people and go, hey, man, God's called them, and we get to help with that. And we want you to know that when we talk about this on Mission Sundays, and we talk about Ghana, and we talk about Haiti, and we talk about India, and we talk about Brazil, and all of these places, that we're not just talking about these ethereal sort of places and that we're just sending money. We don't do that. We send people. God sends people. That's the way he's decided to do his work. Is through his people. You think about that, it's really amazing because of all of the things at the disposal of God, all powerful in every way, can do everything he wants. He said, I'm going to use you. 
I'm going to use you. After the angels who were at the tomb who first gave the news, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Jesus is not here. He's risen. After that, he gave that to us. He said, now I'm going to use you. It's not going to be the angels' messengers anymore. I'm going to use you. I mean, even with Cornelius, one of the things that happens is he says, the angel comes and says, hey, I want you to go over here. I'm going to use a human. I'm going to do this. And the reason is because who better to bear witness than those who have been redeemed? The redeemed people who go, I can tell you what it's like to have no hope. I can tell you what it's like to be lost. I can tell you what it's like to desperately want to be good enough to be loved in this world and to hope that there's someone who will see me in some sort of value and won't take it away as soon as I mess up. That's us. We have that. We have that ability to be able to do that. And so what he's done is he's called us. He goes, you are witnesses. I want you to go. And then we also have the opportunity to have some folks to help go to the ends of the earth and to go to nations that we don't know how to talk to. I want to tell you, this is really neat because more than anything, it goes right into the idea that we would send people out and we would go out, comes right back to the story of Jesus and the incarnation. The Lord could have saved us in a lot of different ways. He decided this was the way it needs to happen. There was not a written pardon that was sent down to the earth and go, just read this. Instead, what he did was he said, I'm coming, and I'm coming in the flesh, and I'm going to live among you, and I'm going to show you what the love of God looks like, and I'm going to show you what being saved looks like, and I'm going to show you how valuable you are to me, that I want you so bad to return back home and to be part of who I am. And in the same way Jesus went, now he tells us, now you go, and you show them the same thing. You bear witness to what you have seen. And so that's been entrusted to us with the saving power of Jesus that we get to share with other people. I want to share with you one other, a couple of other scriptures that I just love that remind me a lot of our people uh, that have been called especially to go overseas and to talk uh, and to share Christ with other people. One is in Luke 3, verses 4 through 6. Uh, this is talking about John the Baptist. And really what they're doing is they're quoting from Isaiah. But listen to the way that he talks about this. And it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley will be filled and every mountain and hill will be brought low and the crooked will be made straight and the rough ways will be made smooth and all humanity will see the salvation of God. That is what our Lord wants. I want all humanity to see the salvation of God. And the way that they're going to do that is through us showing them. I can show you the salvation of God. He's done that for me. And I love the way that he talks. The way that he talks about we're going to fill up valleys and we're going to pull down mountains. The whole idea is to go, there needs to be a clear vision to be able to see and a clear path to be able to come to God. If you think about this, if we were to try and see from here, you know, we're up on a nice hill. If we were to try to see out to Medina... There's all the hills. There's the mountain we talk about. You have to go where it's windy and all of that. And if you were to say, what would it take for us to be able to see from here to there? Well, you'd have to lower some things. You'd have to raise up some things. And the idea is to go clear every obstacle so that no matter where people are, they have a clear path to God. They can see it. You do whatever it takes, and I will do whatever it takes. I'll fill up the valleys. I'll pull down the mountains. I'll straighten the path. Make it possible for everybody to see the salvation of God. Don't let different languages do it. Don't let any distance. There's not any ocean that we can't cross. There's nothing that should stop us from being able to make sure every human being on earth 
is able to see the salvation of God. That's one of the things that I think is beautiful about this, and that we get to partner with people who have gone uh, into the southern hemisphere and go, let me tell you about what God's doing here. Let me tell you about how the way has been straightened and the path has been made clear. And then those folks that get to go, and this has been really just a pleasure for me this week. I had never met the Dyes before, and uh, since they've been here in town, we've gotten to spend some time together, and it's been a joy to watch humble hearts of people who desperately love the Lord and who desperately want to straighten the path and who want to fill up the valleys and who want to lower the mountains and make sure that they carry the good news to other people. And it's, it's always just a joy to see people who want to do this. Romans 10, 13 through 15 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. That's a quote from Isaiah as well. And the idea is that there's these people that have been in captivity, and they're talking in Isaiah and going, you know how awesome it is to hear the footsteps of the people who come to bring good news. In other words, to bring a message of peace in the battle that we're in. You've been captives, but the messenger comes to say you're not anymore. Peace has come. There's a new king I bring good news that this battle is over, and it has been won. And you didn't do it, but your king did it. How beautiful are the feet. Oh, when we hear the footsteps of those who come bringing a message of peace and a message of good news of Christ. And so with that, I'm going to bring up some people who have some beautiful feet. So uh, if I can, I'm going to like uh, Mark and uh, Melinda to come on up here and join me on stage. And I want you all to hear from their, uh, their mouth themselves uh, the story. Mike, one and two were on up here. And we'll let you guys kind of move up here. And uh, like I said, it's been, uh, it's been such a joy to be able to spend some time with them and get to know them better. And I want so much for them to be able to talk to you guys and to share with you that God is working all over the world. And when we decide that what we want to do is we want to help send some people and be a part of a partnership uh, to folks in Brazil or India or Haiti or anywhere else, is you need to know we're not just talking about, like I said, just in theory. It's real people going out there and being real witnesses, and God does amazing things when we say yes. So, first of all, welcome. We're Thank glad you. you're here. Thank We're you. so glad that you're here. Bon dia. Oh, bon dia. There you go. Uh, they uh, were able to share this past Wednesday night. It was wonderful. We thank you so much for that. Shared this morning during class time. Thank you for letting us. Oh, absolutely. We loved it. And uh, it was, I think it was really impactful and powerful. And in particular, what they talked about Wednesday night was some more ways for us to be witnesses and to make sure that we're equipped to be able to share. So that was a, a fantastic time, and we're uh, grateful for that. If you would, for those who are new here or those that don't know you and haven't had the chance, just like I didn't until you guys came here. Tell them a little bit about yourselves and, and how you got to Brazil and, and uh, how God's been working. Well, how did we end up in Wow, what a long story. Um, <laughs> I think uh, we, we first started going to church in uh, 2001 or 2000, and uh, we were studying the Bible with a couple there. We shared a little bit of on Wednesday. A wonderful couple that invited us into their home every Sunday, an elder, Roy and Judy Phillips, uh, they took that little small effort to invite us to their house and make lunch for us. Uh, eventually invited us to study the Bible through Jewel Miller. It wasn't film strips at that time. It was actually VHS. It was a big high-tech uh, advancement. And they were still uh, what they were on mm -hmm. the film strips. So uh, he fell asleep. The, the elder <laughs> fell asleep. 
During Melinda, the Jewel Miller? During so, the film so strips, exactly. The film strip. Melinda tried to learn what dispensationalism meant. I don't think she still knows to this day. <laughs> yeah. But it started a wonderful relationship with two God-loving people that eventually, through the events of 9-11, through his tears of compassion and empathy for us, I think those, those tears somehow changed our hearts and made us think differently and led us to make a commitment to Christ and to each other. And uh, that was the beginning of our spiritual journey. And there, and there was a team that was set to go. To right? Brazil. To Brazil, yeah. Yes, yeah, so um, in 2001, this transformation happened while we were in the Air Force. We left the Air Force and moved to San Antonio where we began friendships at the Northside Church of Christ. Um, we became game involved with the youth group. We met Justin and Jill Hill, Troy and Lauren Gibbons, a multitude of other people. Through our efforts trying to outreach to our youth, we are just saying yes to volunteer at our church. Um, we, mostly the men, created an outdoor event called Survivor, a weekend retreat. It was just out of necessity. Mm -hmm. um, and that effort was visited by a missionary from Brazil, and he asked if we would take it for a few weeks to a church he had planted in Brazil. So a two-week short mission trip. There was a, a, a person at the church there who believed in it, mm. and he didn't participate, but he believed in us, and he sent us there. He okay. sponsored us to go. Financed. Yes, it, I think sometimes he gets left out of the story, but it was a very critical piece of that, that he mm. was willing to just send us there to do it. Yeah. So exploring this volunteer effort at our local church opened a door for us to be invited to do it in Brazil for two weeks. And the experience in Brazil touched our hearts to open our eyes, imagine living mm. and serving in Brazil instead of the U.S. Yeah. And there were six of you originally that were going to go. Yes, it was Troy and Lauren Gibbons and their four kids. Okay. Justin and Jill Hill and their three kids. Mm -hmm. And Mark and Melinda and their one kid. Okay. They're the real parents. We just are posers. I see. I see. Well, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention the Hills, who uh, have a great connection to yes. our church here with the Baileys and, and were a huge part of your work. A lot of what you're going to talk about. Everything is that we share today is because of our relationship together. They are here with us right now. Yeah, I know that is a big part of this. Uh, and uh, they, they came back a couple of years ago because of some things that were going on with the family, but they are a huge part of what's been going on in this work. And so, like I said, everything that we're going to talk about today has the Hills fingerprints all over it as well. Right. You were saying God sends people, and we would want you to know we are real people. We were in the military. I was a math teacher after that. Um, Mark was a social work graduate. We were serving our youth, and God kept opening doors that we were able to say yes to. We weren't trained missionaries. We didn't grow up with the mm -hmm. dream. We don't have missionaries in our families. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's amazing when you start thinking about things like that of who God calls, right? I mean, the idea that any of us could have this call from God to go, hey, I've decided I'm going to use, use my witness in these places. And it's not because you were professional missionaries already. Uh, you, you weren't really looking for this to start out with. You just kind of said yes a few times, and the next thing you know, you find yourself in Brazil, right? Right. Say <laughs> yes more to than the that, youth but... group at your own local congregation first <laughs> yeah. and see where it goes. Yeah, and I always think that's a beautiful part of this story of us being witnesses is if you have a story and if you have a faith, and if you're willing to open yourself up to go, God, you use me wherever you want to, 
amazing things happen, whether it's here or it's the other side of the hemisphere. There's That's right, about exactly. It. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about what you found the most effective way about sharing the gospel in Brazil. How's it similar to how we would do it here? How's it a little different? What are some of the things that you guys face? And tell us a little bit about that. The most effective way was kind of wasn't in our plans, but it was something that came about as we got there. So uh, when we arrived there, when you say the ends of the earth, and you made the joke that it's not the end of the earth, well, it actually kind of is the end of the earth. It's, <laughs> okay. it's the most difficult place to get to, one of the most difficult places to get to by plane in Brazil. Okay. And so there aren't very many Americans there, maybe us in the hills and one other person that we met. And so when we go out, we stand out. People can tell that our Portuguese is much different. And they always ask us, where are you from? And we say, we're from the United States. And the next question is, why are you here? What in the world are you doing here? They ask that question because all of them want to be here. Mm -hmm. They can't imagine leaving here to go there. Yeah. And so the most effective way is to be prepared to give an answer to that question, to know that that's coming, and to just be ready to bear witness. Because at that moment, we have an audience, and it kind of unlocked a lot of things for us to share with them while we're there. Yeah. I liked what you were saying about give your testimony. You have been changed by God, and you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Now go. Mm -hmm. Not memorize the entire Bible before mm -hmm. you yeah. go. Um, your transformation story is enough in his hands through the power of the Holy Spirit, because then you will bring honor and glory to his name. Um, so... I feel like that's what we were able to do in our humble attempt. Why are you here? Jesus compelled us mm -hmm. to go. And I know this other part y'all might not want to talk about, but I think it's really important. Because part of that story of, of you being there, uh, and they wonder, why would you come from there and come here? And it cost you. I mean, that's part of your story as well, too, right? It, 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 you talk about how we, had, we sold everything. I think the greatest story is... Uh, you know, whenever we said yes, Justin had a wonderful job uh, in a clinic who he was basically being asked to run it. The day that he went to go tell his boss, like, hey, uh, I need to talk to you about moving to Brazil, his boss said to him, I need to talk to you about something too. And he invited him in and he said, I'll go first. I want you to run these clinics and I want to give you like a 25% raise. And Justin said, well, I'm here to tell you that I'm moving to Brazil. Uh, Justin gave up a lot mm -hmm. in, in that moment to say no to that and to pursue this other path to me was one of the greatest, you know, sacrifice that I could identify with that I've ever heard and that still inspires me today. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I know you guys are part of that as well. And that when they hear that we came here, why are you here? We came here because we felt God called us to the point where we sold everything to come and be here, I, I think lends some credibility, right? I mean, it, that doesn't, and, and this, is, this is not to boast for you. I know you wouldn't do this. This is boasting in God and what he does, is the idea that it cost us something to come, and we were thrilled to be able to do that. It does, it does speak to what you are putting your confidence in, and actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. So they have watched movies. They're, the internet is obviously rampant. They can participate online. People in our 
in our state, in Brazil, see the opportunity the U.S. offers. The American dream is still alive and well and being shared around the world. And so to them, they know our public education system is good. They know our neighborhoods are safe. They know there is this opportunity. They've heard these dream stories. So they are putting their hope in an opportunity in North America and it stops there. That will make me safe and secure and prosperous. And so for yeah. us to say that wasn't enough, we gave up the education system, we gave up our jobs and retirement, we gave that up because that's not enough for true satisfaction. That spoke speaks louder than saying you should believe in this yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Well, and again, that just reminds me of the incarnation, the whole idea of Christ coming in the flesh and go, why would, why, you know, I could see, ask, why would you leave the throne of glory and come here? It's messed up here. It's, it, it, it hurts and there's pain and there's disease and there's anxiety and there's fear. Why would you come uh, is, is a great question. And I think a, a great question for all of us to be able to have that in such a way where we get involved in the lives of people that are around us and when we bear witness to people. One of my favorite things as Christians and that we should strive to, I think, as a church, is when we serve people and love people enough to where they ask that question, go, why are you doing this? What a great question. That is the best question that we can have as Christians is for somebody to go, why are you doing this? And you go, let me tell you, I have to do this. This is what's been done for me. This is what Christ did for me, and so we have to do this. And the fact is, if it costs you something, that's kind of the way of Christ. The whole idea of deny yourself, pick up your cross, you follow me. And when people go, why would you give all of that up to come here? Uh, just reminds me a lot of what Jesus did for us. And so we're very grateful that you guys have been able to do that. Uh, uh, what has God been teaching you guys about bearing witness while during your time in Brazil? What's that like? What has he been changing you? Has he been working on you to bear witness and, and what that looks like? Uh, honestly, I think in a lot of ways it, it, it has come through pain. It has come through difficulty mm -hmm. on one side and then seeing God use our feeble plans and, and build his church despite of us and mm -hmm even sometimes blessing us by honoring the plans that we set forth. And so I think those two ways, just we, our, our team has experienced a lot of challenges, a lot of difficulty. We've grieved a lot. I think we have all found that there's beauty in grief, uh, that you can find somehow that reveals who you are and that God can almost like bury you and resurrect you as something new. Mm -hmm. That's been very painful and difficult, but it's been real. And I think it's given us a hope to, to share with people that even when you're going through the most difficult times, if you look to God, he will show you the purpose behind it. And I think that that's a hope that a lot of people in Brazil need. It's a very poor place, a desperate place. And I think because of the storms that we've had to go through, we have that word to give and we believe it. Yeah. In addition to that, just strategically, I think you, you told me a story about how you guys got there, and the first thing that people wanted was, we want you to teach us English. Yes. And, and kind of at first, that was not your plan. Can you uh, explain that a little bit and talk a little bit about how that worked? Yeah, we, we didn't want to teach English at all. We <laughs> thought that was completely counter to what we were there for. Like, no way, we're not going to do that. 
But with enough people asking and asking and asking, we eventually looked at each other and we said, are we missing something? Are we missing an opportunity here? How can we take advantage of this? And so what we decided to do was offer English to serve our community and to teach the Bible by doing that. And so we started uh, an outreach event called Discovery, where people could come, learn a Christian song, and then we would teach them kind of the biblical foundations of that song. And it grew and grew and grew, and it just has become something that we really look forward to. It's exciting. Uh, we have hundreds of people that come to, to get to know the church, and that all came because we eventually said yes to something that we were pretty against. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a great, neat story because it's about me meeting a felt need, right? Is you're like, we're here to tell you about Jesus, and they go, we want to learn English. You go, no, no, we would rather tell you about Jesus. And they go, we want to learn English. And so you go, well, we will meet that need. And in the midst of that, that will be the hands and feet through which we'll, we'll be able to tell you about Christ. I would say currently about 50% of our congregation are members through us being willing to teach them English. Yeah, yeah. If you would, just uh, quickly here before we uh, kind of close up, but uh, I think about the, the parable of the sower and the different types of soil. What would you say the soil is like in Brazil? for uh, people understanding or wanting to hear and wanting to come to Christ? Is that, is that a pretty soft place? Is it, is it hard to turn hearts from other things? Is it, is it a very difficult place because of uh, uh, the difficulties that are there, their hurts physically? Uh, what would you say the soil is like there? Are they pretty receptive and open? The soil is the same there as it is here. Okay. Uh, there's hard soil that just people don't want to hear it. There's the rocky soil where people are really, really excited about what you're doing, and, and they want to be involved. They love the energy of what's going on, and, you know, they have the same cares and concerns that we do. Mm -hmm. uh, they're definitely, we live on an island that has a lot of spiritual practices, and so uh, those spiritual forces of darkness are alive and well, and they come and snatch those mm -hmm. seeds away as well. Uh, but we are seeing that, you know, the soil is also good there. I think in some ways it's, it's a good soil for playing the seed because people want to talk about God. They're, opening, they're open to talking about God, dependent of what denominational background, and so that gives us an opportunity to start a lot of conversations. So okay. the soil, I think, is the same. Yeah. It's yeah. everywhere. It We're, we need to be faithful no matter what the soil is and let God do that. Yeah. Right. So. Well, finally, uh, as people who love you and want to pray for you and want to support you in many different ways, what's the best way that we can support you guys? Uh, it's important to us to be known and as much as you can interact and, and think and pause and be in prayer, um, follow our newsletter, hear stories if the Hills are here visiting, take that as your family, an extension of what you're doing here. Love and care is an act of the church. So that's one way you can be involved. Um, I think the other thing, too, is this trip for us has been so amazing. Uh, we're, we get a chance to see four different churches every time we're here. Mm -hmm. And the love and the energy and the hugs and the tears are more evident this time than I think I can remember the church being since I've been a Christian. And I don't know what's happened, <laughs> but I praise God for it, and I see it here too. And I think knowing that we're all in this together, that we're all striving for the same thing, that we're all pushing in kind of a world that's a little dark right now to proclaim Christ, 
knowing that that's going on here and seeing that gives me energy, that we're a big team. We're all working together. And so I just want to celebrate you guys. Thank you for the message that you sent to us during the year to say hi. That meant a lot to our congregation to know that you have brothers and sisters in San Luis, Brazil that are worshiping with you when you prayed for the man who's preaching today. Yes. Let's do that more. Let's remember that we aren't in this alone, that we are in this together. I think that those things, they're just so powerful. Okay. Good. And the Vance, Vance family will be coming to see us in April. Mm-hmm. Thank you for supporting them. Yeah. yeah, thank you for the books that you've donated to the church library. We're going to start a church library this year, and, and Kathy has been amazing at putting that together. So thank you for whoever participated in that as well. Well, we are grateful to be partners with you guys in the way that we are and uh, look forward to continuing that and finding out ways to do that better. Uh, It's neat that we get to be, like I said, a part of helping the whole world uh, be able to see the salvation of Christ. And so we are uh, are thankful to be part of that. We're going to have Butch come up later uh, after a couple of songs, and he's going to say a prayer for you guys and for the other missionaries that we have. But right now what I'd like to do is ask if you would, Mark, lead us into uh, communion time. Uh, to do what uh, we believe probably your church that you're missing is doing right now as well, or around this time sometime, uh, is doing that as well. And the fact that we get to share that with uh, uh, from, from a long way off, and now we're here together, but we, we share that through the distance, and we share that with one another. So I'm going to go ahead. I've got right back here with you guys. And if you would... Uh, Mark, lead us in that time. And uh, if you don't have communion, uh, just raise your hand and somebody will bring it around to you. We'll make sure that you have it. Thank you for the opportunity for allowing me to guide our thoughts today and our remembrance of Christ. He, he asked us to, to do this, to come together and to remember him. And in remembering him each Sunday, we have a different perspective that we share. And I would ask you to, in your own mind, remember how you saw Christ this week. How has he impacted your Christ, this, your, your life this week, and your family. I think each one of us has our own story to tell, and I appreciate the opportunity to share with you today. I want to share with you kind of a, just a quick image that's in my mind this morning after a conversation with Jean and Kathy last night about the greatest missionary, I think, that ever lived. That was John the Baptist. He was someone who pointed to Christ. His whole being, his whole existence was to point to Christ. And we, we read that scripture today that he was one in the wilderness calling out and pointing the way to Christ. You know, as I look back uh, in the beginning of our missionary ministry and the, the arrogance that I had about my plans and what I thought would work and to go to Brazil and to see those things get destroyed, those plans get tossed in the trash, uh, my own thoughts of who I were get reconfigured and to, to become something different through tragedy and toil and loss, but to see God's powerful hand work to establish a church, to grow a church in the midst of loss, of team, of pandemic, of all the things, <clears throat> children's surgeries, loss of family, teammates, we get to see ourselves in some way as John the Baptist now, and I want to share how. Through this process of being a missionary, I have been exposed because I was pushed to my limit further than I could go to see my weaknesses, to see the things that I need God to cover me. I needed his provision just like he provided those clo- the clothing for Adam and Eve, and this John the Baptist wore that same type of clothing that represents how God covers us with his goodness, with his provision, that we can't do it on our own. 
that we need him to provide for us. But in that provision, it does give us some dignity to stand and to point. And I love the food of John the Baptist that, that on one hand you've got these locusts. Has anyone ever eaten a locust? They're horrible. They're ugly. They're, they're plagues. It's a plague on the earth. And here you have this man eating this plague as equally as he enjoys eating honey, the sweetest, most wonderful thing we can find on earth naturally. And so you have both of these. You have on one hand the ugliness, the plagues of the earth, and you have the beauty of God. And as a missionary who is fully exposed and covered by God, we eat both, don't we? We eat both. And it's kind of what gives us our fuel to do one thing, to point to him. Because you're not going to follow this guy. Please don't. Please do not follow me. Follow Jesus. He is the one who has made me whatever I am. And he is the one that has made you whoever you are. And he will continue to do that until the day that we die. We're all on a path to perfection with him in heaven one day. But until I get there, I'm still dependent on this body and this blood to make sense of the world, to make sense of myself, to take him in and to try to be him as best as I can, to try to just communicate the love that he has for me to you. So as we take this today, I hope that that's what we can think about. How do we take this living Christ in? He's not dead. He's alive. How do we take this living Christ in and allow it to become something that pours out of us, that we are overflowing with this love because that is what the world needs. They need love. They need us to be overflowing with love and faith and hope and just proclaim him, point to him. He's the answer. He's the way. He's why I'm here. He's why I'm with you. This is a wonderful thing that we do every Sunday, isn't it? What an amazing moment that we get to do this together. Let's pray. Father, your ways are mysteries. They don't always make sense to us. But as you give us time to dwell in your presence, we praise you for the revelation that comes to see your beauty and your wisdom, how what sometimes seems counterintuitive to us eventually comes to be the way that we follow. We thank you for Jesus' life and death and how counterintuitive that must have been to those in the beginning to see their leader, their king, their savior die. But you prove to the world that your ways are not our ways by coming back to life, by providing a way for all of us to have eternal life. That's what we celebrate right now. We also celebrate the opportunities that you give us to be reborn now, to, to share this joy because we've been transformed by it, to live that life, to be Christ incarnate through the power of the Holy Spirit. Help each one of us to see those around us who are searching, who are in need and allow us to be Christ to them. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful communion that we share with each other right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.